Just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. 'Cause the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget. The men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. 'Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. All right, welcome to this week's edition of Outdoors at Outdoors Dan, brought to you in part by Cafe Diem, an American coffee house over there in Ames and Ankeny, Iowa. Hope everyone's having a great, great Saturday morning on this July 13th, all across the good old USA. Hey, we got a fun show for you today. We're going to have Bass, B-A-S-S, Bass Fisherman legend Denny Brower on. Talking a little bass fishing for everybody. We've had a bunch of people asking us to get Denny back on, so we finally got that done. And uh, we'll have some other uh, stuff to throw at you from the de- uh, Department of Natural Resources. And in the 8 o'clock hour, Larry McCoy from Respect the Game TV will be on to talk a little bit about trail cams and uh, deer stand setups. And uh, we'll finish everything up with a Smoke and Joe report. And don't forget about trivia. we got trivia today, too. Good morning, Jerry Boyles want to thank everybody. Uh, we got the live stream up right now, courtesy of Imperial RV Centers in Ankeny. And, man, we got a ton of people popping in and out. Ted Nestor, Connie Huell, uh, Josh Waters, Wes Bedwell, Dave and Robin, Scott Greer, Kelly Pymerick, Aaron Herberson, Neil Sanders, Daryl Lynn Drake, Richard Grimes, Marcel Bouquet. Marcel, I hope I got that right. Neil, let's see, Roger uh, Gerald, Jeff Knudsen, Jeff Hickson, Greg Swanson, Jerry Boyles down there in Arkansas. Hey, Jerry, good to see you. Kenny Cole and Mike Kinney are uh, popping in right now. So thanks to everybody for doing that. Hey, uh, before I go any further, I want to thank uh, Cafe Diem. Have you had breakfast yet? If you haven't, head over to Cafe Diem and check out one of those great fresh made-to-order breakfasts for you. I'm talking French, French toast, waffles, pancakes omelets, eggs, anything you pretty much want. Uh, Bill and the gang have got it going over there for you. Really, really great value, great food, great coffee. You know, they are the official coffee of the Outdoors Dan Show, so you not only get a fresh roasted cup of coffee, but you get something to put some loving in your tummy with over there at Cafe Diem. And uh, you can do that in the downtown Ames, Iowa location or over there in Ankeny right across from DMAC and tell them Outdoors Dan sent you. All right, we're going to head over to the phones, and we're going to go say hi to a really, really good guy, one of my favorite people in the in the outdoor industry, Mr. Danny Brower down in Texas. Danny, good morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Buddy, I've been okay. Are you, uh, you guys getting any of that weather down there? No, we're a little too far west. We could use a little bit of it. Uh, the Rio Grande Valley is still pretty dry. Boy, you never had to worry about that at Lake of the Ozarks, Danny. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I talked to Chad the other day, and... 
he's still living up there and he said they've got so much water going through the lake because they're trying to get Truman down. They're running through Lake of the Ozarks and he said about every fish is stacked up just, you know, wherever the current is, just biting like crazy. Yeah, I got a buddy uh, that does the other radio show on Sunday nights with me, and he's got a house out on a 12-mile marker at Lake of the Ozarks, and he's telling me how the fishing's been pretty good. But, boy, he said there's a lot of stuff in the lake right now. People are losing a lot of lower units. Yeah, that's the one thing about it. Uh, there's a lot of wood that comes down from the upper end of the lake, and I imagine going through Truman, uh, when you get that much current going, there's going to be debris. And I've seen it up there around the Hurricane Deck Bridge where you could hardly get through where it all piled up and got caught there. So you've got to be careful out there, Bodie. Oh, absolutely. Hey, did you go to ICAST? I did. I just got back in uh, late yesterday. How was uh, ICAST this year? It was a good show. Uh, you know, it's typical uh, Orlando, Florida. You had the pop-up showers every day you had to deal with, uh, but... The show itself was large. A lot of people were attending. A lot of new product. Uh, overall, I think it was a really good ICAT. Well, that's exciting. You know, we get. I got so many people. You know, you know, Denny. You, you and I have been kind of friends for a long time. You, I'll never, uh, I'll never forget how you even came up to uh, Denny Dennis Sporting Goods for me in Fenton, Missouri. You remember that? I do. That was, sure well, do. That was like twenty something years ago. But I, I, you're just a one of the prince of a guy, and I've always appreciated. Folks, he even gave me a Wheaties box that he was on. I got, I still got that, Denny. It's in my office. But uh, I t- only fishermen ever be on a Wheaties box right there. Denny, I don't know how you guys keep up. Uh, you know, I was trying to talk to Shaw. Uh, did you get the chance to see Grigsby while he was down there? I did. He's so busy. I, I He says, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I'm stacked up. But uh, how do, I don't know how you guys are keeping up with all the colors that are coming out on the markets these days. I was flipping through some of the some of the uh, press releases for my cast. How do you how do you remember all those different color variations on those crankbaits and stuff? You really don't. Uh, it gets confusing time to time with us. But what you do is uh, you develop favorites. And I mean, we've got so many different colors of crankbaits and striking. There's no way anybody can remember you know, 50 different colors of one bait or whatever. So you've got uh, different colors for different scenarios, and you can't carry them all in the boat anyway. So yeah. you just pick a few that you think work. And, and then every time, uh, you know, each year we're going to introduce three or four new colors. And when you do, you order a few of them. You go out and try them, see if you like them better than what you got. And it's just uh, they're all tools. So you got to figure out what tools work best for you. Well, I've been fishing for 50 years. I'm 55 now. So I've been fishing since I was at least five. And I, I, Denny, I, you know, I'm always considered myself a novice fisherman. I, you know, I love to fish, but I, you know, crankbaits, I always kind of like to go with like a crawfish pattern or like a shiner pattern or a black and silver pattern or, you know, and, uh, just, and those have worked pretty well for me when you're, when you're going to a new body of water as a professional, how do you, what do you do to pick colors or what do you, what are you looking for? Are you looking at water conditions, color? What do you, what do you, what do you look for when you set up for a tournament? Well, first of all, you really look at time of the year. What do you think they're going to be feeding on that time of the year? What's the forage going to be? Is it going to be crawfish, bluegill, shad? That gives you a little bit of a starting idea. Uh, some colors work better in cold water than they do in warm water. Uh, an example would be a lot of the Texas lakes. A red crankbait is just dynamite late winter, early spring. Uh, the crawfish, I guess, turn on, turn to a little bit of a reddish color, and that's probably what triggers that color to be so effective. But 
then you've got your bluegill that move up for the bluegill spawn, and so any crankbait that really emulates a bluegill is going to be effective. And then once you get by that, uh, you know, it's pretty much a shad-type for each base. And uh, so you go with your, uh, you know, silver, your gray, anything like that that looks like a shad. Okay. And, and how much does water stain have to do with that? Oh, it's got a bunch. Uh, and as an as a example... It can be summertime, and you can have a shad bite going on, and a regular shad-colored natural-looking bait won't generate any strikes because the water's a little dirty. So you go with, like, a chartreuse blue back, then it kind of has the same type of shad flash, but they can see it. It's more visible. What's your What's your favorite type of baits right now? Oh, boy. You know, it's I'm probably more open-minded than I used to be years ago. I was... I called my, as far as tournament angling when I was primarily a shallow water fisherman. I like to do a, a lot of flipping and pitching, jig fish, and getting up shallow. But now living on Lake Amistad down here, I'm doing a lot of deep water fishing. So, shoot, the other day I was uh, jigging a spoon in 80 to 100 foot of water for fish. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of football jigs out on the ledges, uh, doing a lot of drop shot down here. So, it's uh, it's just seasonal, you know. I ask myself, what what are the fish doing, and what are my best percentages of catching them? And uh, we're just now getting to the point where our vegetation's getting up and starting to mat, so our frog fishing's going to start in pretty good. And it doesn't get any more exciting than that. So yeah, if I if I had to pick one, I'm like a lot of people. It would probably be topwater fishing. You know, what's the deal with this whopper plopper thing? I keep hearing about a whopper plopper. It's a bait that you know it generates a lot of disturbance on the water it's easy to fish you can throw it out there and reel it in about like a spinner bait it's going across the top of the water and especially in lakes that have a lot of hydrilla in that it'll really pull the fish out of that hydrilla but i mean it works on table rock it works on a lot of different lakes uh I, I, they're not a sponsor of mine but it's a good bait they make it in three or four different sizes and you can get some really crazy strikes on it. Yeah, I didn't know anything about them. I keep I had somebody ask me about that a couple of weeks ago, and I went online and looked at them, and I said, "Huh, uh, has that been around for a while, Dan?" It has been. It's actually a bait that came from the muskie industry. There's a a lot of baits like that. In fact, I've had some for years that were bigger plugs and with with the same design, the same type of rotating tail that would disturb water. And uh, they just downsized it and turned it into a, a bass bait, so to speak. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to get out of my little bubble, Denny. <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm, my tackle box, I, I rotate stuff every once in a while, but it's just like I'm stuck on my favorites. You know what? Well, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, a lot of these fish, uh, especially on the high-pressure bodies of water, kind of get conditioned to certain lures. So when something new that makes a different sound or a new color, or anything like that, new shape comes around, it'll uh, actually generate more strikes. So we can get locked into them old favorites that kind of get uh, out of uh, style, so to speak, with the fish. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I caught something on, you remember Lazy Ikes? I do. I threw a Lazy Ike the last time I went fishing, and I caught several fish on it, but I, I bet you them fish had probably never seen a Lazy Ike. The first bass I ever caught in my life was on a lazy Ike out of a sand pit up in Nebraska. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, I've had them forever. I mean, it's just, they just, I just, like I said, I, there's some of them I just can't get rid of. So what, uh, what's new with striking this year? 
Oh, they're coming out. The Ned Rig stuff, I'm sure you've heard of it. That's uh, been real hot, finesse-type technique. And they've got three or four new pieces of plastic that go on the back of a Ned jig head. They've got a new Ned jig head itself. So that stuff uh, was all introduced at ICAST. Mm-hmm. They've got a smaller version of their frog called the Baby Frog. It's a baby sexy frog. So that's going to be exciting to use. That'll play a real part, especially in this clear water where... You know, they can really scrutinize the bait. Uh, they came out with a five and a half version, uh, five and a half inch version of their uh, Rage uh, Swimmer, which is, uh, you know, the soft swim bait, which if you're on a body water that's got a lot of big fish like we do down here, that's going to be a big player for us. Uh, come out with a new wake bait that you can read, that Kevin Van Dam spent a lot of time working on and designing where you can actually reel it real fast across the top of the water, but yet it'll displace a lot of water as you're doing that, so it looks like a you know shad trying to escape right along the top. So They've had, they've had a lot of new colors they've introduced, but that uh, one other bait they did bring out, Mark Rose designed a uh, new jig and spoon that is a cross between a pure jig and spoon and a flutter spoon, so it's a, kind of a unique action that... I'm going to be excited to use because we do a lot of that down here, but it's also got a swivel at the top of it that you tie to, so it's built right into the spoon, so you don't have to worry about any line twist. You know, with the weather being as hot as it is, we've been getting into the 90s and stuff here in Iowa, and uh, you know, back home in Missouri too, it's, it's so hot and humid. They're holding, they're down deep. Um, when you're drop shotting and stuff, what's your favorite uh, rig for that, then? Well, it, it really varies a little bit from time to year, but uh, if I was to pick one, it'd be the Striking Dream Shot. That's just a perfect little size bait. They make it in two sizes. I use the normal size rather than the large size. It just seems to, that I can generate a lot more strikes, and when you get down there to school of those fish, it turns into a com- competitive deal between them. So I don't think uh, you know the size of the bait is quite as relevant as it is at other times, so... I use the smaller version of that dream shot, and I usually use it in a color they call dirt. Mm-hmm. It's uh, kind of a green pumpkin, uh, uh, not orange, but a green pumpkin um, watermelon type combination of a bait. Looks very, very natural in the water, and in our clear water, it's just dynamite. That color and another color called morning dawn are the two uh, best colors, as far as I'm concerned, for drop shotting. Okay, morning dawn. And what was the other? What was the pumpkin? The other one's called dirt. Dirt. Okay. <laughs> I'm taking notes, Danny. <laughs> and and the, the one thing people really need mm. to pay attention to when they are drop shot, and I'm not a drop shot expert. Uh, you know, I've built my career over the years uh, power fishing, but this finesse fishing on calm days in clear water when it's bright and sunny out, it, it can be the only way you're going to get bites. And, I've discovered that there's times they want to, you know, the bait close to the bottom where you maybe only got a six, eight, ten inch uh, gap between the bait and the sinker that's at the bottom itself, the drop shot weight. And there's other times they want it up there two, two and a half feet off the bottom. So if you're not getting bites and you can see the fish on your electronics down there, don't be afraid to experiment a little bit with the length of uh, what your bait is above the bottom. Okay. All right. Folks, we're visiting with uh, BASS legend Denny Brower. Uh, Denny, hang on. i got to hit a real quick break. We'll be right back on Outdoors at Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN.
This is Outdoors Dan on Des Moines Sports Leader, 1350 ESPN. Welcome back to Outdoors at Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Hope everyone's having a great Saturday morning, and we always appreciate you tuning in. My guest is BASS legend Denny Brower, and Denny and I are talking a little bass fishing tips. Denny, I got a question for you from a listener. They want to know if you use trailers on your football jigs in deep water. I do, but I make it very, very compact because you want to get that bait down there to the strike zone, and you don't want something that'll impede the speed of the fall of the bait especially in warmer weather when you're uh, you want your baits to actually move a little faster the activity level of the fish is greater so i like to use a little uh, rage chunk behind it it's uh, very compact i'll trim the skirt of the jig itself down about even with the back of the hook put that little rage chunk on there and boy it falls good it's still got good action but uh it's this seems to be the perfect setup for fishing deep all righty and then uh, let's talk a little bit about that little mini sexy frog. Uh, Dave wanted to know how to get better hookups when bass fishing and weed mass with frogs. Well, the biggest thing is what line you use. Uh, definitely go with the braided lines. Uh, it's just hard to get hook penetration and to get them out of that graph if you do hook them, if you're using uh, fluorocarbon or monofilament. So I go 100% of the time. With uh, usually a 40, 50, 65 pound braid, something like that, to where you can just really get a good hook set, use a fairly stiff rod. And uh, I have no issues. You just got to be careful not to take it away from them and jerk at the explosion. Just have a little hesitation there and kind of let it load a little bit before you do, you know, try to bury the hook on. Well, since you talked about lines there, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about fishing line. I just uh, switched over Shaw. I had Sean last year, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Denny. I, I don't get a chance to do as much bass fishing as I used to. I, I When I'm on the water, I'm usually trying to catch walleye. They drive me nuts, Denny. They just, oh, they're finicky. Um, I got a little bit uh, of a line question about sensitivity, but Shaw told me to go from fluorocarbon to braid and do, do a fluorocarbon leader and just tie a double uni knot on there. And I, I got to tell you, since I've done that, I think the, uh, my ability to cast out farther and the sensitivity of feeling the fish has been a lot better. Yeah, that braid has zero stretch in it. So, you, you know, on a tight line, you have better feel with braid. On a on a loose line, you have better feel with fluorocarbon. Like when you worm fishing in that, mm-hmm. where you're going to have a little slack in your line as the bait's falling, etc. I just always feel that that tick will come up through fluorocarbon to where you can feel it a lot better when the fish hits it. But with braid, man, when that line's tight, you feel everything that goes on. And plus, you're going to get a better hook set on longer casts or if you're trolling for them walleye or whatever. But the only negative about the braid is it's a little more visible to the fish. So that's why you go with the fluorocarbon leader. Mm-hmm. Now, is 20 foot long enough or should I do longer? I, I think that's plenty long. I don't think you're probably trolling in super gin clear water where, uh, you know, they can really see the line trailing by and in front of the bait that that much and usually they follow a bait for a while well i do before they actually grab it anyway so they're coming from behind 
Boy, them fish drive me nuts, man. They make me look like an idiot. I tell you, oh, they sure eat good, though. Oh, I lo- that's that's why I eat, that's why I fish for them. I I don't eat my bass. I put the bass back. You know, I was up on Turtle Lake up in Minnesota uh, last year, and Denny, I was catching some five six pound smallies. And man, I tell you what, smallmouth bass to me are that's one of the best fighting fish there is. It really is. They're uh, pound for pound. Uh, you know, they'll pull a largemouth backwards. Uh, if I have my choice, I'd still rather catch great big old largemouth. But we actually have smallmouth down here in Lake Amistad. You too. do? Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. But we don't catch many big ones. The lake record's like five and a half pounds. But there's a lot of them, two, two and a half, three pound smallmouth in this lake. And there's some days they just show up and you may catch 15 of them during the day. And then you might go a couple of weeks and you don't see them again. They're just roaming around out there in the deep water, I guess. Man, they're just like a big football. <laughs> they're strong. Oh, they're a lot of fun. Well, they are. Hey, now when uh, going back to line, uh, is uh, what what uh, what line company or what brand are you using? I got, I've been with Seaguar for years. They're the ones that actually invented fluorocarbon, and of course, they've got the fluorocarbon. They've got braid. They've got uh, monofilament. So they've got everything covered that I need, and it's just uh, probably as good a quality line as you could ask for. All right. Someone's using a spinning reel setup. What line would you recommend for them? I would probably overall recommend like eight pound test line. Uh, you know, if you're crappie fishing or whatever, you might drop down to four or six, but eight is my favorite weight with a spinning outfit. Okay. All right. So I, uh, crankbaits, let me talk a little bit about crankbaits. What do you, what's your favorite couple of crankbaits you're using this year? Uh, it's, 6XD, if I'm really fishing deep, trying to get down there around that 18, 20-foot zone, I throw that bait a lot. And if I want to go a little bit shallower, I go with a 5XD, which uh, you're talking uh, the 12-foot zone. So, it, you know, it just depends a little bit on where the fish are at. Both of those baits this time of the year are my major players. But early in the year when the fish are up there shallow, then I'm going to be going with the square bills like the 1.5 and 2.5 and those type of baits that don't get down there and dredge the bottom quite as bad. So kind of got to ask yourself where the majority of the fish are at and don't get locked into one favorite crankbait. Use the bait that's going to get down in that zone where they're at. Sure. Now, uh, are you? how much are you traveling fishing right now? Uh, not a whole lot. I've tried to slow down. We got tired of driving from one end of the country to the other, and when we uh, moved down here to Lake Amistad, it was supposed to be a retirement move, but I'm not real good at retirement, I don't think. I'm probably as busy now as I've ever been. I still do a little traveling, fishing some events. And uh, here on the lake, probably I'm on the water five days out of the week if I'm at home so and not on the road doing promotions and that. Well, when I do get to travel and go, I mean, electronics are such, they're such an important tool. I mean, I, I remember... 20, 25 years ago, you'd have to go and you get you a good topo map of the lake and try to look and see what the structure is around and around the maps and stuff. But now with electronics, it's all right there for you on in a visual display that you can operate, you know, see as you're driving your boat. Electronics have really come a long way. What's your, uh, what's your, uh, cup of tea for electronics? Well, I use all Hummingbird. I've never actually used anything else. I started with Hummingbird way back when I had my first John boat with the old Super 60s and that, and been with Humminbird uh, my whole career, and it's been kind of neat to see all the changes. Uh, I remember when we first came out with some of the technologies, they were kind of iffy, but 
where they're at now, it's just plain scary. You got the built-in mapping with the Lake Master stuff, and of course, at uh, ICAST, they introduced a new version of 360, the 360 mega imaging, and gosh, you can be up there on the bow of your boat, and it's just uh, it's basically underwater radar. It shows you where everything's at. It'll show you the fish sitting next to a log, show you where it's at in relationship to your boat, so you know where to cast. So it, it's just come so far, it's just unbelievable. Now, does that still have does that still have the side scan? Oh yeah, you've got side side imaging, you got down imaging, and you got mega three sixty options now. So you've got a little bit of everything along with your traditional sonar. And uh, I'm using their Solix uh, units. They've actually got a fifteen inch version of that, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big screen. It's almost like looking at a big screen TV. So as I get older, and my eyes get a little bit worse. It makes things a little bit easier for me and. Uh, I've just been tickled to death with their stuff. Yeah, I tell you, finding for trying to uh, thread the uh, the line through the old islets is getting it's not as easy as it used to be, is it? No, it really isn't. <laughs> I, re- I remember the old days when we would find a spot out in the middle of the lake. We'd try to line it up with a couple of trees on the bank or whatever, so we could get halfway close to it. Uh, now it's just push a little button, GPS the spot in, you can come right back to it. And, We'd be lost if we had to go back to fishing the way I grew up fishing. Uh, things are awful, awful easy electronics-wise nowadays. Yeah. I, now, wait, what do you recommend for someone that's just, you know, getting their first boat? I mean, we got to, you know, our, our audience is pretty diverse as far as ages, but there's a lot of folks going into the, their first fishing uh, uh, adventures for the uh, as far as having their own boat and electronics and stuff. What, when, you're, when you're doing any electronics, what do you recommend for people as a tutorial or how to educate themselves or to make it easier when they're out on the lake to do adjustments and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's so much online that and a lot of them have the program built right into the unit where you can troubleshoot and teach yourself exactly what each feature is for. But, uh, they're so simple to use nowadays, especially the basic units. Uh, if you get a hummingbird helix, if you're first starting out in say a nine inch version, uh, which is a plenty big screen, uh, it, you can walk yourself through that. You can learn it in a couple of hours, and it's it's nothing to be afraid of. It's just like using your cell phone. Uh, once you initially get over the shock of all the different options, it's easy to run. Okay. All right. We're visiting with Denny Brower, BASS tournament fisherman, and what uh, what TV projects are you still doing? I'll do some striking protein journal things from time to time, but other than that, we're not doing any of our own series anymore. Chad and I, when we got done with the Bass Battle show, uh, we decided to hang the TV route up. I did it for several years with ESPN and uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, we talked from time to time about bringing a show back, but that market is so competitive nowadays. Oh, it's ridiculous. And you end up traveling a lot. And gosh, 35 years on the road traveling from coast to coast chasing them bass. I kind of like being at home a little bit more right now. You know, Denny, I'm, I don't want to embarrass you or anything, but you, when you guys were doing your show with Chad, that was the funniest fishing show I've ever seen in my life. You guys just, you, you lived to give each other trouble. We had more fun with that, uh, and our cameramen had more fun. They were probably more competitive against each other than Chad and I were, so it, it just made for a fun life on the road put it that way no oh, it, it was it, in my opinion it was one of the best shows out there for, for on the fishing side it was great are you how's the deer hunting down there 
Well, the deer hunt right in the area I'm at is good as far as numbers. It's not good as far as great big trophy deer. It's just one of those areas where the brush isn't that loaded with nutrients like it is a couple hours from here where they grow some big old deer. But you'll still occasionally see a 140, 150 inch type deer. But uh, you get to different parts of Texas and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Are you getting to take advantage of that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hunt a, I've got a buddy that's got a ranch in East Texas I hunt and I've got a ranch about 20 miles from the lake here. I spend a lot of time on and it's got a lot of exotics, et cetera. And then I've got a ranch buddy about two hours west of here, actually out in the Davis Mountains that uh, a lot of people don't realize it's almost the same elevation as what Denver is out there. Really? And you've got all these free-ranging elk and all that and all, I mean, just a lot of options, mule deer. And so. Good for you. Yeah, I'm in a perfect area if you love to hunt and fish. Yeah, I, I guess you are. Hey, uh, can I keep you through one more break? Absolutely. All right, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite. Uh, now, I want you to think about some of your favorite lures that you could recommend for someone here in the Midwest, okay? Absolutely. All right, we'll finish this up with Denny Breyer when we come back. You're listening to Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Up from San Antonio. Everything that I got is just what I've got on. When that sun is high in that Texas sky. All right, welcome back to 1350 ESPN Outdoors at Outdoors Dam. My guest is Denny Brower. He's down there in Texas. Denny, uh, is it sunny yet or is it getting, is it cloudy down there with all that weather coming in there? Uh, we're starting to get some wraparound clouds from that weather coming in. Uh, we don't have any moisture and we don't uh, anticipate anything out of that, but uh, we do have some clouds. Well, all right. So give me some of your favorite crankbaits uh, crank you're using this year. Crankbaits? Crank, or crank, you know what? I think we already talked that. Let's do soft plastics. Uh, Striking's got a new worm called the cutter worm. They've had it out for a couple of years, and they've got it in a 6-inch and a 7-inch version. And it has just about obsoleted all my other soft plastic worms. It is such a good bait. It has great action on the fall. It's a very subtle worm once it's on the bottom. You generate a lot of strikes of that bait. And if I was to recommend just one worm to anybody, it'd be a six-inch cutter worm, just a killer bait. So that's a favorite of mine. Of course, we came out with the Rage Bug, and uh, we've got it in three different sizes now. We actually introduced it in a baby Rage Bug. And I cast a uh, great bait for Carolina rigging, flipping just however you want to fish it. Uh, you got the rodent. That's a popular bait style that's been on the market for quite a while. And those are kind of some of the baits that I use the majority of the time as far as bottom bumping baits. But uh, if I'm uh, fishing a horizontal in the water column, man, the last couple of years, a lot of these soft plastic swim baits have really played a big part, especially with a belly spinner rigged up on them and uh with that whole rage swimmer line of baits has become very very popular yeah i was going to ask you about paddle tails or swim baits what do you do to tune those then to get them run right well the biggest thing is they're rigged very very straight right off the bat that's where people get in trouble if you've got it rigged a little bit crooked or if it's not lined up on the center part of the bait itself it's going to trail at an angle and it's just not going to look right to the fish 
not going to generate near as many strikes. So take your time when you rig it to make sure that it's rigged perfect and it's going to come through the water that way. The way uh, striking packages their baits, they're in a clamshell to where you don't have to worry about the bait warping or anything. It's going to be perfect right out of the package. So it's just up to you to rig it right. Well, that makes it easy, doesn't it? It really does. <laughs> I like that. Hey, Denny, I, I want to thank you for spending 40 minutes with us this morning. I, I, we, can we get you back on again before the hard water uh, starts? To hear? You don't have to worry about that down in Texas. We get hard water up here in Iowa, but can we get you back on? Anytime, Dan. I always enjoy uh, being on your show. You do a great, great job. Well, that's awful kind of you. We need to get you up here deer hunting sometime, buddy. Oh, I know it. Uh, I was one of the few states that I have not deer hunted in. Uh, I kind of travel all over deer hunting, but I was, you know, that's one of the best deer hunting states in the country and one that I've never, ever been to. Well, start putting in for some preference points and stuff, and uh, uh, it's too late this year, but next year, put in for a point. It's going to take you a few you want are you wanting a muzzleloader shotgun or bow hunt you know i'm really not that particular as long as i'm hunting okay well maybe we can get you uh, if you can if you like to gun hunt maybe we can get you up here in the next year or two okay i would love that all right well we'll see if we can make that happen denny hey where I, can people find you if they want to ask you a question uh you know you can get on uh denny brower pro angler on facebook and uh we can certainly uh answer any questions you got uh all right. Well, listen, give my best to your family and uh, you stay healthy and we'll uh, get you back on here this fall sometime. I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Stay safe. You too. Thank you, buddy. Denny Brower, everybody, just a class act and uh, always enjoy having him and Shaw Grigsby and Gary Klein on the shows. They're wealth of knowledge and those guys have forgotten more about fishing than I'll ever know, which is always fun. Biagi's, there's a place I can tell you to go. You know, you don't have to fish for food there. It's just, you just pull in and go into the restaurant and they've got it right there for you. 221-9900. They're running specials on Pronto Packs and a whole bunch of other Danny Wood. That's very nice of you to say. Good show, Danny said. Uh, Pronto Packs are made just for you. Uh, you know, this time of year, you know, you're out doing a lot of stuff. Why not? You know, don't cook. Just call 221-9900 and say, hey, I'd like to get my choice of pastas, bread, salads, and then you go pick it up, and you can take the fine taste of Biagi's and enjoy it in your own home, air-conditioned comfort. And, uh, you know, the restaurants are nice, too. I, uh, I was just there the other day for lunch, and it was amazing, as it always is. Biagi's, whether it's pastas, seafood, steaks, they've got everything there that you could ever want. And uh, my favorite is still the spaghetti and meatballs or the chicken parm. It's, it's really, really good. Please tell them Outdoors Dan sent you. Hey, uh, Larry Anderson, uh, if you are in the Iowa area, you're going to know that name if you love the outdoors. Larry's been a good friend of mine for 19 years, and uh, Larry is, uh, uh, if you don't know who Larry is, Larry's a wildlife artist that we've uh, that we've enjoyed having in the Midwest for a long, long time. Larry's been uh, really ill uh, last couple of weeks. I've been talking about him on, the, on Facebook, and uh, he is in Lutheran Hospital right now. He's got pneumonia, and there's some other stuff going on, and if uh, Larry Anderson is a friend of yours or if you've ever went out to the studio and got one of Larry's prints or paintings or anything like that, if you want to drop him a card or a letter, yeah, I believe he's still at Lutheran Hospital. But at the very least, would you say a prayer for him when you hit your knees at night and talk to the man upstairs? Would you uh, say a good thing for Larry and his family? Because he's, uh, he's, family, he's family to me. I, I've always uh, been very, very grateful for my relationship with Larry. He, 
I've had the honor of hunting with him the last 15, 16 years down on his farm. And he, uh, I went and saw him at the hospital the other day and I just told him, I said, you know, a lot of people are rooting for you, buddy. And just, uh, if you could do that for me, I would greatly appreciate that. And, uh, if he, when, uh, when he gets back and, uh, gets back to the studio, I'll let you know. And, uh, then you can go visit with him up there. But, uh, I appreciate that folks. If you would do that for me. Uh, let's see, 744 and some change here on 1350 ESPN. Uh, we'll see. Told you about the stream. Got that done. Dave Nitzel, give you a Nitzel update. He, Dave is doing good as well. A huggy bear from Sportsman's Warehouse. He's still, uh, still on leave and, uh, he's hoping to get back to the store in August. So, uh, there's another person that you can keep in your thoughts and prayers and, uh, just another, just a great, great guy. So apparently... They are going to draw the winner on Monday for the contest. I think that's what's in the rules. So we will let you know uh, who the winner is as soon as they let me know who they drew on Monday. So when I say they, that's management here at the station. How's that? That sound okay? <sighs> are you all caught up? Are we caught up? I think we're caught up. You know what, Dan? We're, uh, we're getting to the point we may be too efficient with this. We're well, getting really good at this. Well, I don't know if we're too efficient, but... Uh, <laughs> well, we'll call us somewhat efficient. I think we're caught up, so <laughs> there you go. All right, well, i tell you what. Let me hit a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll fry some more fish right here on the Outdoors with Outdoors Dan Show on 1350 ESPN. It's Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Welcome back to Outdoors with Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. Hope everyone's having a great Saturday morning, and we do appreciate you tuning in. We always do that. All right, uh, we've got the live stream going. I need to say hi to Cody Lancaster, Dan Wood, Mary Applegate, Eod, Dr. Eod, how you doing, buddy? Dan Wood, Mark Grubb, Whitney Baldwin, Tim Hugh, Rick Atkinson, Dennis Grooms and Landon Nordmeyer. Landon, good to see you. Daryl Stark, Todd Higgin, Corey Weaver, Dustin Brott, and Jerry Yonker are watching. Alan Hoisington, Stan Caldwell, Stephen Whittykin. Stephen, I hope I said that right. Tim Phillips, Clint Birdie is watching us. So thanks, everybody. We really appreciate you checking out the streams. So there you go. That's a lot of folks, man. We got a lot of fans. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of fans. Just a lot of folks checking out the show. So that's, that's exciting. So, uh, be careful if you're out there boating, there's a lot of debris in the water. Uh, you know, Denny and I were talking a little bit about that. So just make sure you're, you don't want to, you don't want to be cruising along the, the water and all of a sudden you hear something go clunk and your lower unit's gone. That's That could be expensive. So don't just be careful. DNR wants you to be, uh, uh, Cody Lancaster. I'm doing good, man. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, yeah, just be careful out there. We don't want to tear our loaner units out. So, other than that, that's all the DNR news I had. I didn't see anything else in the in the feeds that was I didn't think uh, worth talking about. So, if you just missed the segment with Denny Brower Monday m- Monday morning dawn and dirt are two colors you should check out for your fishing tackle. He said those two colors work really really good. Morning dawn and dirt. So we'll see how it's going on. I'll let you know dirt. I like dirt. Lethal dirt spray, man. That's what I like. Get to smell like dirt when you get out there. Good cover scent. Keeps you keeps your scent down. That's always exciting. 
Let me switch back to my other mic there, Andrew. For some reason, this seems like it's... Can you hear me? Yeah, okay. Maybe that's... We'll try that now. Oh, TV shows up and running on the Hunt Channel. Uh, for the Hunt Channel now, you can watch us on Mo TV, My Outdoor TV too. Mo TV. If you go to Mo TV and go to Live TV, click on top there. You don't have to subscribe to do that. Just click on Live TV, and on Monday nights at nine thirty. I'm sorry, ten thirty Eastern. You can watch Outdoors Traditions TV. That's our live stream time. And then uh, you can catch it a couple of times during the week. Now, you can also go to thehuntchannel.com to watch it archived if you miss it. Or you can go to Carbon TV. And then and here in about two weeks, you'll be able to go to uh, gamehide.com to watch the TV show. So four ways to watch Outdoors Traditions this year. So there you go. We're on Carbon TV on Thursdays, Thursday evenings. And then, uh, like I said, uh, we our live stream on the Hunt Channel is uh, Monday nights at 1030 uh, Eastern time. So... That would be 9.30 Central Time. Just just trying to keep it up. There you go. Oh, all right. Hey, are you? do you play fantasy football? We need four people to fill the league this year for the, uh, the Outdoors Dan Radio Show League. So if you want to play fantasy football, it's free. Uh, you get to play against Andrew and me and a, a couple other uh, folks. Uh, you'll, it's, uh, Lori, you missed a chance to plug boat insurance. <laughs> Thanks, Ken Cole. Uh, for all your lower unit damage, get boating insurance by American Family Insurance agents Darren Islander in Ankeny, Iowa, and Gary Wagner in uh, West Des Moines. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny's helping me do my job now. That was nice of him. Hey, we like that. Well, I do. I, I sh- you know, shameless plugs there, but it, Kenny, you're right. I should have plugged that. Shame on me. Dan needs some help. Sometimes. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad radio host. That's that's all right. So anyway, if you want to play a little uh, fantasy football, uh, it uh, we do this every year on the radio show. And we usually come up with a prize for the first place guys, but um, just uh, go, just go to outdoorsdan.com and my email's right there, or you can shoot me a PM on Facebook. Just all I need to do is get your email address, and if you want to play, so there you go. And I think our draft is August thirtieth, so still got a while before we draft on that. So. You know why I do it. I do it so I can keep myself occupied when I'm sitting out in the timber for 10 hours at a time. All right, we got a break here. This break is going to be brought to you by the fine folks at Herman's Fine Jewelers. If you have not had a chance to go see Donnie and Frank, uh, you need to go over there. They've got some neat stuff always going on over at the store in West Des Moines. 222-2600, 222-2600. Donnie says they've been busy. Uh, if you got some stuff laying around that you don't uh, use anymore, if you need some new Fishing tackle for the rest of the summer and fall. You know, the fall's got some tremendous fishing. It really does. Why not take it over to Herman's Fine Jewelers? And they've been helping folks for 37 years here in Central Iowa. And chances are you're going to get more for your treasure if you do that. They've got 10,000 diamonds and mountings in stock. Hey, you want to put a diamond on your spool, your spools or spinners? They can do that. They do custom jewelry. Hey, there you go. Take your Indiana and your Colorado uh, tandem spinner baits and go put some, some diamonds on them. There you go. Be, you know, throw something at the fish that they've never seen before. Golden idea. Well, there you go. I think that would work, man. And, you know, then if you get that sweet lady coming up, you know, if you got a new girlfriend or... Who you got to impress. Yeah, who wouldn't want a diamond-crusted spinnerbait? Exactly. Nothing says loving like a diamond-crusted spinnerbait. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Go over there. Donnie and Frank can help you out at Herman's Fine Jewelers. They're just great people. 2900 University in West Des Moines. 
and they do it right over there. That's where I go when I need to get something special. We'll be right back on 1350 ESPN. is Outdoors Dan on Des Moines Sports Leader, back to hour number two on 1350 ESPN. Sorry about that. It took me a minute to get the camera working. <laughs> oh man. i tell you what I just, you know, live radio folks. I'm, it just, it, it's always a fun thing to do. It really is when you're out there trying to get, uh, trying to get things going, huh? So so we're back live on the air and then, uh, Larry McCoy is going to be joining us here momentarily. So we'll see what's going on with that. He is the host of respect the game TV. And, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about trail cameras and deer stand positions and stuff like that. So we'll see what's going on there. And, uh, <laughs> you should have asked any, if he, uh, no, I'm not going to ask any, if he ever used a pocket fisherman that uh, there's no way I would ever do that. No, no, I'm not going to do that. No. So I think we got Larry on the phone. Let, uh, let's, uh, head over there and, uh, see what, uh, he is up to right now. Larry boy, how you doing? Good morning. How's it going, Dan? I'm um, good. I just got to visit with Denny Brower, man. I, 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 he is just a prince of a guy, man. I, I tell you, I just, uh, I just enjoy my, my, uh, interviews with him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, your listeners had a treat this morning. He's a, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to bass fishing. Oh, he's forgotten in general. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's forgotten more about fishing than I'll ever know. I'm telling you. <laughs> and that's just being honest. Yeah, Absolutely. 
definitely an icon in the, in the in the fishing side of things. I look up to him a lot. Uh, I like to fish and 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 I've followed him along the along his path for a long time. So only professional uh, fisherman, I believe, to be on a Wheaties box. <laughs> really, I did not know that. You did, uh, I got I got a signed Wheaties box at home. I might, I, I might, I actually might have two of those if you're nice to me. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to put my picture on a Captain Crunch box. And <laughs> <do that. laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you're going to, never mind. I'm not, I can't be mean to you on the radio. I can't do that. I can't do that. So I saw the, I saw the new, uh, trailer for, uh, the, uh, what was it? What was the what platform do you have that show that I saw last night with you and your family going fishing? Oh, that was actually the. It's just a. That's just a piece we do for social media. We we get asked a lot, you know, you know, with the show working in the industry uh, when it's not hunting season. You know, hey, what what's going on? Uh, what do you guys do on the off time outside of? Uh, obviously, a lot of us. You know, we have families. We have, uh, uh, you know, and we all have other activities we like to do and and. You know, when vacation season or whatever, we all, you know, me working for the outdoor group, you know, I've got, I hold multiple hats. So, so, you know, that was just a little, little look into, you know, going on vacation and some of our other partners that we work with. Hey, There's going to be more, more of those coming out as well. Well, you did a great job on them. I really enjoyed that. And Hey, you know, we were talking about, uh, legends with, uh, Denny Brower. I, there's actually another legend in the outdoor industry that is watching us on on our facebook live feed right now do you know paul i never met a turkey i didn't like paul butsky oh paul butsky paul oh, yeah. butsky is watching is us right he is a turkey legend that is for sure i'm going to tell you something folks if you don't know who paul butsky is you google his name paul butsky in my humble opinion is one of the best turkey callers i've ever seen in my life and he's the prince of a guy too you know, Larry, you know, you've been doing this for a while too. I've been doing this for 23 years and I've got to meet some outstanding individuals. Paul Butsky is one of those people. Absolutely. You know, we, I've, uh, I've met Paul at the, uh, NWTF show a few times. We have never crossed paths as far as sharing Turkey camp, but boy, I'd love to one day, uh, just, to pick his brain on some things as well. You know, that's part of being a, you know, a, uh, active in the outdoors is always uh, always trying to learn something new and and i guarantee he's got some stories that uh, that he could tell that yeah i can definitely pick up a few tips from <laughs> and he's just a solid guy i mean he uh you can't find nicer people than paul butsky out there and uh you know uh respect the game tv you've been on uh how long now uh we're, we're filming we're gonna be filming our ninth season wow and, nine, uh, nine years already yeah yeah it's uh doing uh it's doing well you know we're just a group of guys that likes to go out and you know uh you know have a good time you know hunting uh and and doing it and and just being able to document it with a uh, with cameras pretty pretty cool we don't we're not one of those shows that that shoot a lot of spines and or shoot a lot of you know stand-ups where we're going to sit there and you know and, and tell you what exactly is going to happen we're you know we're just going to document everything in the field and tell a good story uh that's what it's all about to, to us and hopefully you know, some of the viewers can learn some stuff along the way, something that, that worked for us on, on a particular hunt or something quite frankly, they can learn from, from, uh, some of our mistakes. Cause regardless, uh, whether you have a hunt show or we're all hunters and, you know, uh, sometimes you, you don't win the game every time, you know, you don't win every game and, and, uh, <laughs> we're not afraid to show some of that stuff either. 
So. Yeah, I don't win half the time. What are you talking about, man? It's just like, <laughs> it's just how many times did I call you turkey season and said, I just don't understand this. I've killed 83 turkeys with my bow and they don't care. I can't kill nothing, man. It's just, it's just, I can't get them. It was the weirdest turkey season. Paul Buskey, I wish I could have called you this spring, buddy. I needed some, they, they just were goofy this year. If you, if you were running and gunning, you were, you were pretty successful. But if you were set, you know, I had was filming myself, you know, I was pretty much stuck sitting all day in the same spot, but man, Larry, I tell you what, if they're not coming in, spitting and drumming and, and doing all that stuff, it just, it just blows your mind. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, it's every year could be a little bit different, you know, you gotta hit them right. And, and, you know, hopefully you're saying the right things and talking the right language and, and, you know, getting set up in the right spot. That's really what it boils down to is, uh, especially with turkeys, uh, you know, you can, you know, I've, I've got a piece of property that, that you know, I, I really literally watched three times go out there with the, with his hands every day. As soon as they started to split up, I still saw the times out there. But they once they once they felt like they got through with those hens, I, I you could hardly budge them. I actually had to uh, move out into the middle of the field and uh, you know in a in a layout blind uh, that you hunt waterfowl out of because I wasn't going to let them uh, beat me. I had to get a little bit creative, but. Uh, but, you know, at some point, sometimes that's what you have to do because they're just not going to read the script. No, they don't. They don't. You know, when I, whenever you think you know everything about the, whatever you're hunting or fishing with, they usually make a, they make a fool out of you. And it, it happens to me at least a lot. So I, hey, that's, I, what keep, that's what keeps us going though, man. You just keep it going. That, that, that challenge, you know, if, uh, you know, I love, I love, uh, you know, to have a little bit of that challenge, uh, embedded into it everybody likes to be successful but you know success too is also going out there and and you know picking up something that you did not know and learning being able to apply it and, and to acquire you know that success of this morning or when you take your son or daughter or nephew or or neighbor that's never been and, and can able able to apply that to help them get their first bird you know that's uh that's what's what's ultimately uh what it's all about to me is just just keep it going and then of course you know uh when it comes time to heat up the grill or, yeah. or uh, heat up the grease, you know, that's, that's always a pleasant treat too. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, listen, I don't mind not feeling a tag, Larry, but when they start laughing at you, that's where <laughs> I have problems, man. It was funny, you know, because around, <laughs> you know, the third week of April, I thought I could hear some birds laughing all the way from your direction. <laughs> oh, they were, they were sitting there going <laughs> outdoors. Who, <laughs> yeah. 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that quite a bit, actually. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all, that's all right. So, uh, you, right now, a lot of folks are out there. They're putting cameras out. I I actually got all my stealth cams ready to go. Got my cards cleaned out uh, and re uh, rebooted and uh, got everything. Now, what do you like to do when you you know? I always try to recommend people when you're out there this time of year. I always try to hit the perimeter trails. You know, you don't. I don't like impacting the timber. I'm going to hunt this early and. If you're going to go put a stand or something in and, and clean out shooting lanes and stuff, that's fine. Get in there and get out because you got a month and a half, two months before so they can forget about it. If you bump a buck, you know, the chances are he's not going to be too disturbed about that. But I always tell everybody, you know, do the perimeters. Um, that's what I recommend because you don't, that way you're, you're leaving less of an impact on that area. What do you recommend, Larry? Well, uh, you know, I've, I've been asked this question a lot in the last, uh, week as, as it pertains to trail cameras, cause that, you know, a lot of people get the cameras out. There's, there's multiple reasons to that people hang trail cameras and, 
one, you want to get your deer inventory to see what you have and, and what, you know, the, the antler growth, see what kind of the buck to doe ratio and so on and so forth. Uh, that Now you can hang your, your cameras on some of those food sources and stuff to try to get that, like, a, like you said, the perimeter of, of maybe a bean field where you're not going to be super uh, disruptive to the property where you can get in, get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some of the states and, and so on and so forth where you can put mineral or, or feed in the summertime, uh, you know, of course, you, it's probably it's smart to use that to, to get that so you can get an inventory and also help the help the lactating does, uh, you know, with with their fawns to keep them healthy. But as it starts to progress, I, I try to put a little bit more strategy behind it. I won't I won't invade the property is what I call it. Really go down into the heart to see what I know is. <clears throat> I may back the cameras off a little bit, and not put them so close to the trails uh, because what what I, what I found several times is. You'll see deer. Basically, you're, you're trying to capture what are these deer doing? Are they coming from here in the mornings? Are they coming from from uh, this way in the evenings? And which way are they are they leaving that site to try to determine uh, what exactly they're doing? So you can make the best educated guess on where to hang a stand to be the most successful uh, versus just keeping the camera right there in the same place because. A lot of people out there have probably seen this. Um, you know, they'll have a deer show up that looks like he's coming from the right on the camera all the time, and then they go, they got to stand right there, look uh, close, and they see that that deer co- actually comes in from the other way. They'll walk behind the tree, you know, get downwind of it, and they come in from that direction. So it actually appears that that they're coming in from that way, and so that's why a lot of times I'll back the camera off to put something, uh, put a solid wall to say. Uh, to kind of block that off, so I can get a uh, an accurate reading on which direction they are moving. Uh, so, it's as the season progresses, I just, I start to back it off, so I can so I can really start to pattern the deer, or I put the camera up a little bit higher, so I can see the field a little bit better. Because a lot of times, if you are hunting a you know any particular deer, uh, you'll be able to tell what deer are uh, are entering you know that field and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure you, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm sure you kind of, I, I would bet you're the same as me, but man, I really try to leave as little of a odor footprint when I'm going in and out of my hunting areas or checking cameras too. I, I mean, I take a scent-free shower before I go. I wear my Limitic cause I don't want to get any chiggers or ticks. They're horrible this year. And I got my lacrosse boots on. I spray down with my lethal dirt spray. And you know, I try to leave as little as impact on my hunting areas as possible. Cause you know, before I started doing that, Larry, uh, I would get out and I, you know, I'd have a whole bunch of pictures. And then the next time I went out, I'd see a little bit less pictures. Every time you go out there, you're, you're, you're expelling skin cells and everything else. I mean, it's, it's really hard to not leave something out there and them deer pick up on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, you'll see it's a lot of more nocturnal pictures. And of course, you know, a lot of people say there's, there's certain periods of times when that's when the deer are there is at night. But anytime that you can, try you know the less they know uh that they that property's been uh invaded on then uh, the better off they are so you're right the lethal dirt spray is awesome because you're curious animals i challenge anybody to just go out there and, and flip some dirt over take it whether you take a stick stick it down on the ground flip dirt over around in front of your camera and i guarantee you you're probably going to get pictures of deer with their nose right in it yeah uh, it's it's just curious so that dirt spray is really valuable i use it uh hanging trail cameras uh religiously on on uh, really about about everything i do if i'm in the woods uh you know there's other 
some other stuff, you attractants and stuff. I uh, crave from Backwoods Attractants. It's awesome for for hanging. It's basically a spray, a scented spray that you can you can go spray the leaves in front of it just to to get the deer conditioned to come in there to so I can attract them. Because once the does and the fawns start coming there, you may go through three camera checks and not see a buck. But at some point, you probably will have a buck. Uh, come by there and once they start to do that because like i said they're curious animals you know i've watched uh if there's a doze and fawns there's probably going to be a buck somewhere uh just because you're not laying your eyes on uh doesn't mean he's not there sure now what was that what was that called it's called uh crave from backwoods attraction and you spray that on, like on a licking branch or just just yeah, around you just, we just spray it on the leaves on the foliage on on just on the weeds out in front and it's got a kind of a really strong odor as well because the dirt spray, is, it can be a curiosity spray as well, but really you're trying to mask your own scent there. Right, and you right. put that there, something that's going to attract the deer uh, there, and they will they, they will eat those. Uh, I mean, they have, well, I think, a, a persimmon flavor. They have a, a peanut flavor and, and, and stuff, whatever. But I could tell you now, I've, I've tried using some of this other stuff, and, and that stuff I've, I've been pretty amazed with. It. And it's just called Backwoods Attraction Crave. comes in a 24-ounce bottle. And easy to pack around your pack when you're going to hang stands and stuff, but it's uh, great. A lot of people use it on our bear bait stuff too up north uh, as well, uh, and and have a, had a lot of success uh, with that as well. What do you know? Let's let's talk a little bit about stands real quick here. And when I know when when I'm when I approach a property, now I'm going to have to do this. I, I I might actually not have the farm that I've hunted the last 15 years, so I've kind of reached out to some people, and I'm going to be looking at some new property this year, but. I always try to look at, uh, I, you know, get a topo or at least look at something uh, as where the bedding area is and to where the food source is. And I, I like getting in those travel corridors or pinch points. What do you look for when you're looking out for stand placements? Well, a lot of it depends on the time of year. Uh, early season, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to, to do what the cameras are telling me and see if I can, uh, you know, have a buck pattern if, uh, you know, if you're a September season, if you open up in September, obviously, you know, you've got the luxury of hunting some, some green fields. This year, I mean, it might well, work out about everywhere, even if you are in October season, because all the rain and people get late getting their crops in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, being able to hunt and pattern those deer, how they're entering the field, you know, it's really, I look at it like like this. I mean, there is element of luck involved, regardless of, of, of how much work you put in. But you do get, you get out of it what you put in and so, I mean, I've, I've always, you know, I've, I've carried, you know, kept log books on which way the wind was blowing when I was watching fields to see how the deer was entering and compared it year to year to year. And I was surprised on how consistent it really was based on the time of year. Early season, if I've got a southwest wind, I'll just mark on a calendar southwest and uh, go watch that field. And if I see the deer draw, coming out, out of that corner with that, it's, it's pretty consistent. I'm not saying every deer is going to come out there, but you're going to see a, uh, the vast majority of deer come out from, from that. And it's going to be somewhat consistent in that area. Maybe not on the same trail, but in, in that area. <clears throat> and then you have two or three maybe come over from, uh, come out from this side or whatever. But, uh, so it's really what you do in documenting that. So I, I use that information to dictate what I want to do early season. And, uh, as it starts to progress, the acorns start to fall. I'm going to try to have a stand hung either maybe not right on that acorn source, but really, really close to it, to uh, going from uh, 
from one side to the other. If you have a thicket on your property that's going there, you get you can get in there and uh, non-invasively and and your entry make a good entry there. Uh, you could uh, you know setting up in between those two is going to be very very uh, very very effective for you, especially during the, those October months. Yeah, uh, the October. You know, until you get to the end of the month and they start uh, getting other things on their mind. Yeah, if you're on a bean field in a cornfield and you just start seeing your deer numbers drop, that tells me right there that one thing, the acorns are down. Yeah, yep. And you can usually determine when the acorns are. Usually when them beans are starting to turn yellow, yeah. you just start to start seeing them just start to turn yellow, I would start hunting some acorns just because they're uh, most likely they're gonna. that's where they're going to gravitate to. Yeah, but it's like candy for them, man. They love them, especially white oaks, man. It's like less tannic acid in there, and it's uh, it's a sweeter acorn. They if you got white oaks, folks, you need to have some stands hung around there for sure. Yeah, exactly. And uh, bur oaks is another good one, although that's a bigger acorn mm-hmm. uh, with a bigger shoulder. I've it's amazing how you can uh, how those deer get those in their mouth and and can <laughs> actually really disassemble that. You'll just see this. The shuck fall out of their mouth, and they'll they'll chew on that big old acorn like it's nobody's business. But you're right, white oak is definitely popular. It's like it is. It's like candy to them for sure. Absolutely, folks. We're visiting with Larry McCoy, the host of Respect the Game TV. Larry, hang on. I got to take a real quick break. We'll be right back on thirteen fifty ESPN. You're listening to Outdoors Dan on thirteen fifty ESPN. All right, welcome back to Outdoors at Outdoors, Dan, on 1350 ESPN, 824 and some change. My guest is Larry McCoy from Respect the Game TV, and we're talking a little uh, hunting season going on. So, uh, what are you uh, what are you doing these days? You just uh, I know you're, you're working on the TV show nonstop all the time. What else you got going on? Hey, uh, Scott just released some new stuff, didn't they? Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Scott, Scott Archery, uh, there's a couple of releases that were just... Uh, just released this uh this past week uh you know that can be found at uh you know, your local dealer or uh scottarchery.com uh the the new legacy and hero x releases uh were actually released and super excited if you're familiar with some scott products you know we did have a hero release in the past it was more of a youth style release with a small strap well, this hero x is uh, similar, except the strap is is really. I mean, it's it's got a small strap, so it'll fit a, a kid or a woman. Uh, but the release is absolutely premier. We took some of the updated technology uh, that we run from the Echo release Hyperjaw uh, system and uh, acquired that onto this Hero X and Legacy release uh, that does have a nylon strap. So the just the adjustability is there. If someone needs it real short, uh, kid. Uh, you'll be able to adjust it to fit a just uh, you know anybody, uh, and uh, the legacy is similar style release that uh, you know on a nylon strap as well, um, and uh, just super super excited about those releases because uh, they're they're super quality releases coming coming at you with you know at an affordable price and and uh, you know it's got the same Scott warranty as always. Basically, you run over with a lawnmower. Anything happens to it, send it back to Scott. We're going to take care of you and try to get you back out in the woods. So, uh, so yeah, uh, just super, super excited about those releases. And some of you, if you have a question about the Hyperjaw system, uh, don't be afraid to ask, but I'll explain it real quick to you. Uh, what it is, is you can picture a uh, dual K2 
caliper release, you see both cal- both jaws move. Uh, dual jaw release, you'll see both of them uh, move back and forth to try to uh, for for clearance. What we did, we kind of did a mix between a single jaw and a uh, and a dual jaw. So as a post, if you look and look, usually the right side of that post will stay stationary on a single jaw, mm-hmm. and the the other jaw will move whenever the uh, you pull the trigger. So what happens with a hyper jaw is that side still moves all the way out of the way, but the, the left side, the other side, just moves just slightly. So there's zero chances that you're going to have any hangouts on your D-loop, 100% clearance, and uh, those releases, you do feature the, the proven Scott Caliper roller sear design, you know, so you have a crisp trigger, and you can customize that trigger to exactly how you want. Well, that's awesome, awesome products. Yeah. I, I listen, I've loved Scott. I've used them for years. I never had any problems with them. And, um, uh, I'm using the wildcat and the uh, echo right now. I'm using both of those. So both yeah, are- yep. And, and similar, similar design, the head designs is both of the wildcat two and the, and the echo that these two new releases have. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I was out there and playing, uh, shooting some stuff with my ritual 35 the other night. I put a thing on Facebook and, I put, I put my iPhone 10 down by my broad force target there at 20 yards. And I said, you know, I want to see just how quiet these, these, uh, victory shafts with the Pine Ridge veins are. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so I put my phone and I gave me, a, I gave myself a couple inches, uh, but yeah, I wanted to be close enough to the camera where they could see the arrow flying in. And I'm sitting there and I just getting ready to let the arrow go. And I'm going, please don't let me center mass my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you tend to get a little butterflies in your stomach. I, that's a tip. That's that's the uh, outdoors day and tip of the week when uh when you're trying to solve that buck fever, getting rid of those jitters, just put something you really, really need <laughs> right up on top of the target. <laughs> You'll yeah. learn to shoot under pressure. Yeah, it worked it worked. <laughs> I, I knocked the phone down, but I mean it, it I cleared okay. But yeah, I, I but Man, I love that that Ritual Thirty Five. I, I really love that bow. That thing's been shooting great all year. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, the whole Ritual platform has been a huge success for Elite. I mean, that that platform has uh, got the hundred percent Elite feel, super relaxed shot. If you like to shoot a bow and be comfortable shooting, uh, you know, you need to go shoot a Ritual or, or a bow out of the Ritual platform. Like you said, the Ritual Thirty Five. A lot of people, you know, uh, as the industry kind of goes up and down as far as, Hey, what, what's more effective really as far as a short axle axle to a longer axle axle. And, you know, it really boils down to the shooter and what, what they're comfortable with. You know, if you're comfortable with, with a 32 inch bow or 33 inch bow or something in that mid range, then that's probably the bow you need to shoot. Don't, you know, that's because if you're comfortable, you're going to shoot better. And that's ultimately what matters, you know, uh, being confident and, uh, hitting behind the pin is, is what everybody wants to do. But, and these, that's one thing this ritual platform, the elite bows historically have, have been known for is being able to shoot a relaxed shot. And what that, what I mean by that is you can relax on the backside when you're a full draw mm-hmm. and focus on aiming and not worry too much about getting rid of it. You know what I'm saying? When you, cause there's so subconsciously, subconsciously your, your mind takes over when you come to full draw and you're looking through your pen, and you, whether you're shooting a dot or an animal, and people are either moving their bow up or down to, uh, and once their pen gets close to it, boom, I call it a drive-by. They just touch the trigger off. Uh, what the elites uh, allow you to do, if you can beat that subconscious, you can allow yourself to to aim. 
you know, because you're so relaxed on the shot, you can actually relax a little bit and focus on the pin being where it needs to be. And uh, there's been a lot of people that have been like, man, you're, you know, you're right, you know, that I've seen at some of the shows and some of the consumer events. Man, I heard you do say this, and, and you know, I, I started doing that and fo- actually focusing on that, and it made a huge difference uh, as well, far as my groups and how they tightened up. Well, sure. Well, I remember, you know, two years ago when I shot that 164, um, I had, I had, and I, folks, I had no idea that deer was there. This was later in this, this was uh, like November November uh, 9th or 10th or it was it was in November it was during the rut and I'd seen some decent eight pointers and some nine pointers that's what I was kind of focused on and then all of a sudden um, I'm sitting there I, I went ahead and I moved my stand from the morning hunt to the afternoon because I had a problem with somebody hunting too close to the fence so I went and moved to another 150 yards back to the to the north and I Got in there. Um, I was all finished setting up by 10, 1030. I went back and I took my lethal stuff and uh, the field wipes and I wiped down and I sprayed down real good to get any perspiration and stuff off. And I got back in the stand because during the rut, I hunt all day. And I got there and about 2.30, uh, 3 o'clock, I started seeing movement and here come a doe and here come another doe and then here come one of the biggest deer I've ever seen on the hoof. And he came in and Larry, I was shooting at, uh, what was I shooting? I was shooting the third Impulse 34. And I, I think that was the first deer I took with you when I switched over to you guys. But uh, really? I went to full draw. He came in. The does came in first. I had a doe right underneath me. And she kept, you know, she was getting nervous. And then I had another 150-inch deer coming right at me towards that doe. And I'm going, and this other deer was bigger than the 150. And I'm sitting there going, that's the one I want. Let him come in. And he's coming in. And then I, that other doe, she stomped her foot. And it, she stomped her foot at that other buck and that buck grunted and that other buck couldn't take it. He came in and he gave me a, an 18 yard shot and I went to full draw on him, but I was filming myself. I got all on. If you go to outdoorsdn.com folks, you can see it on outdoors traditions. It's on my homepage. I still have that hunt up. It's one of my favorites, but Larry, I went to full draw and I had to wait because that doe made a flinch and that buck froze. And I actually was at full draw for over a minute. And I, I don't think I could have done it without that, the way that back wall is on that elite. No, yeah, exactly. And uh, Although it's a, you know, our pro shooters and stuff, they love it as well once they've got, got, grown accustomed to it and that, that's shown. But you're right, in hunting situations, uh, you never know. It's very, very unpredictable what that animal's going to do. Sometimes it looks like they're going to walk to you right on the string and not stop. A lot of times they'll stop and, and you have to, you've got to execute and being able to relax on that backside of the draw cycle and focus on aiming, uh, is a, is a huge benefit to a hunter for sure. Well, you just never know. I, I never seen either one of those bucks before. I mean, those were, those were huge deer and you know, mm-hmm. when, during the rut, you just never know what you're going to see because those duck, those bucks travel so much, you know? Right. And, uh, uh exactly. And, yeah. and, and if I had, if I would have had to let up on that shot, I would have not have got that deer. I just wouldn't have, because I would have never had it. He would, they would have busted me letting, if I had to let up. Yeah. And, and similar stories like that and, and different about being able to hold the bow back uh, in those situations have, we, we get a lot of those uh, coming in because of, like I said, that, that dwell zone and that, that, that relaxed shot, the uh, uh, hiding that off and hold the bow back and focus on what needs to be done versus rid of the arrow. 
because you're afraid you're going to have to let down, spook the deer, or your subconscious taking over to say, okay, my pen's close, but I got to shoot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got to I got to run, man. Hey, uh, where can everybody see uh, what you're doing in your neck of the woods? Uh, respect the game. Uh, you can uh, Sportsman's Channel, Hunt Channel. Uh, follow us on uh, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we got a lot of good information that's going going up on there as well about new products, uh, also hunting situations. Or if you have a question about something, we'd be more than happy to ask. Uh, you can find uh, my Instagram, Larry McCoy fifteen, or just go over and follow Respect the Game TV. Uh, uh, any way that you can get a hold of me, get a hold of me. If you have a question, I'd be more than happy to help. Uh, you know, trying to uh, help uh, fellow hunters and stuff is, is I, I love doing that. I love talking hunting and love him and learning from other people as well. So, uh, love to hear from anybody. And uh, like I said, respect the game, sportsman's channel, YouTube hunt channel, uh, MOTV. Uh, you know, you can uh, go to respectthegame.tv and uh, and look on there too because we got where you. You can find us pretty easily. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, Jeff Luce, uh, Jerry Boyles, Frank Owens, Brad Tingley, Karen Field, thank you so much for watching us on the live stream. They said hi. Uh, Wes Bettel, good to see you, buddy, and we appreciate everybody doing that. Larry McCoy, you be good. Take care of that family, and I'm sure I'll be pestering you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. You have a great day. You appreciate too. It. Thank you, buddy. You have a good weekend, okay? All right, take care, bud. Thank there, you. There he goes, Larry McCoy, one of my favorite people there. He, he's just a lot of fun. He really is. All right, it's 835. we got to take a break. When we come back, the one, the only, smoking Joe Smelter from Carl Chevrolet. It's Outdoors Dan on 1350 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Outdoors with Outdoors, Dan on 1350 ESPN. Thanks for everybody tuning in this Saturday morning. We always appreciate you making us part of our weekends and also everybody following us over there on Facebook Live on the live stream brought to you by Imperial RV Centers in Ankeny. All right, we got him, the man, the myth, the legend. It's been a show of legends today. We had Denny Brower, Larry McCoy, and now Smoking Joe Smelters on the line. What are you doing there, Smoking Joe? How you doing this morning? I'm ecstatic. You know why? Why? I got a big little box. That's a, that sounds really oxymoronish. Uh, <laughs> I got a, I got a box from Tiger Tough who makes those truck seats, and they gave me like five or six different sample patterns. I finally yeah. I I got a chance to talk to the owner. So whenever uh, you decide to put those trail bosses on sale where I can afford them. I'm going to have a uh, brand new uh, snow camel truck seats just for him. I'm so, wait. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited too. I can't wait. I know. Let's get on it, man. Give, <laughs> cranking out some deals. There you go. <laughs> yeah. They'll be out there soon, hopefully. Oh, uh, I think if, if anything, I, you can bring them out of here and I can practice. You, you know, oh, I can pick the up seat, my speed. The seat covers. You know, yeah. we've put those on like five times. You should have that down flat. The only, the only problem is, Joe, these are going to be brand new, so it's probably going to take us forever. Uh, They'll probably take us forever to get these on. Yeah. yeah. They're all stiff and not broken in like yours are. Yeah, yeah. We got ours all stretched out and stuff, so. Yeah. But, I, but I'm excited, so. Just give me a couple days and I'll have it, I'll have it down. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, 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 when I, oh, what was that, a, like two, three weeks ago, we went over there and uh, I was looking at some of them. I really like the way that they got those pull, uh, the back seats and stuff. You got 
storage access behind the seats and stuff now, which is cool. Yes, yeah, yeah. So like right where your backrest against in the back passenger seat. So yeah, you got storage compartments there. Uh, you got about three more inches of knee room back there too on those trucks. And then you got storage compartment underneath uh, the back seat as well too. So you have the under seat storage as well, which is really nice. Well, and my daughter is all excited because I told her that it actually has a backseat air conditioning vent. Yep, we got two vents back there, too, yeah. So yeah. It's not going to burn or freeze. Well, you know, I don't think it's been that big of a deal, but, you know, she, Dad, it's turned the air up. It's, it's, it's hot back here, but, boy, mm-hmm. she'll, she'll have her own vent. She'll be riding in style, man. Oh, yeah. And then on some of the truck stores, there's heated seats in the back. <laughs> well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not we yeah no we're not going to talk about heated seats so uh so what's going on at carl's you got what do you got guys uh big sale going on this weekend yeah well not this weekend but the big deals for this month is on uh, 2019 silverado double caps so which is the old extended cab they just changed the name of it of course uh there's up to 25 percent off um, so some big, big rebates on those specific vehicles, uh, this month. So that's kind of James focus and our focus this month. Um, cause the 2020s will be built in probably the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big exciting thing this month is a couple days ago, uh, for any of your 2,500 or 3,500 Silverado buyers, um, the new 2020 HDs hit the lot. So it's completely redesigned. There's, um, uh, it's bigger. The truck is 11 inches longer. Um, so there's a lot of extra space in the cab uh, for the driver as well as the backseat passengers. Um, so there's some really big, big changes on the new HDs for this year. And it's very, very exciting. So. Well, I tell you what, I, I was really impressed with the, the, the model change as far as the, you know, the, the way that they took the truck and made it wider in the back. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, the storage areas and stuff and, uh, I, the, just the digital instrumentation and stuff in the, in the cab is pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of neat features. They got heads up display. Now they got, um, the trucks will have blind spot sensors for your in or in your mirrors. So if you have anybody in your blind spots, you know, the indicator in the mirror will light up, which the trucks have never had before until this year. Um, so you got some really cool safety features that, uh, that are now on the trucks that we didn't have before. Well, everybody needs a truck to go hunting and fishing. And so I, you know, right. you know, we always got to make sure we're recreating in the outdoors and, and make, cause it, I, you know, you got weight, you put all your gear in the back, you got, you know, you can put your deer, your turkeys in the back, antelope, elk, whatever. And, it just makes it easier when you have a truck. That it does. It does for me anyway. So where uh, where can they find you there, big buddy? Uh, I'll be here till six o'clock today, and it's eleven oh one Southeast Or Labor at the Rock. All right. Hey, now don't forget. Now, if you're a veteran, take your DD two fourteen out there when you see Joe, uh, yep. and he'll save you an extra five six hundred bucks. He does that for me every time I get one, and yep. he'll treat you right. Uh, I can't wait to to make my deal, and I'll be looking forward to that and. Well, hopefully about November, December, you'll have the 50% off sale. Cause then I can bring my, <laughs> then I can bring my penny you'll jar. You'll be my first phone call. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with minus one degree financing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That, that's what we, we're going to need to get a deal done. So we'll all, shoot for it. All right, buddy. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it too. And have a great day. You too, Joe. Good to hear from you. There he goes, smoking Joe Smelter, everybody. I need to say hi to Corey Weaver, Daniel Matthews, Larry Reinish. Hey, Larry, good to see you. Iowa Jeep Club, Dennis Mellencamp, Gary 
Keeney is uh, listening or watching us on the Facebook live stream. Jeff Gass and Richard Anders. Everybody's ch- thanks for checking out the show, uh, either on 1350 ESPN itself or on the live stream. We really, really appreciate that. We got to take a break. When we come back, the most anticipated underrated trivia game in the United States, the Outdoors Dan Trivia Challenge, and it's going to be brought to you by Advanced Family Dentistry today. We'll be right back on 1350 ESPN. This is Outdoors Dan on Des Moines Sports Leader, 1350 ESPN. All right, that music can mean only one thing. The most anticipated underrated trivia game in the United States, the Outdoors Dan Trivia Challenge is up. If you haven't won anything in the last 30 days, you're 18 years of age or older, 244-1350, will get you lighted up. And uh, look at that, I didn't even get the number out, and you guys are already lighted it up. So Andrew's zipping through the phones now. Be patient, he'll get to you as soon as he can. And, uh, hey, Trivia is brought to you today by our good friends at Advanced Family Dentistry. Every, are you afraid of going to the dentist? You don't have to be. I used to be because I had a bad experience when I was growing up. You know, and I, I'll tell you something. It, there is just nothing more stressful than going to a dentist, especially if you have to get some work done, in my humble opinion. Well, I don't have those stresses or worries or fears or anything anymore because I made the switch over to Advanced Family Dentistry. Actually, Jenny, my wife, said to go see her dentist, Dr. Scott Yegi. I call him Obi-Wan Kenobi Yegi because he uses the force. He's a Jedi dentist to calm me down. Now you got Dr. Brand over there who is excellent. Dr. Stewart, Dr. Williams, all four of them do a great job of making sure that you're comfortable as possible and everything's as, as easy going as it can be. And they get you in there with excellent care for cleanings, cavities, root canals, cat, you name it, they can do it. You got to have a, a cap put on uh, or just whatever you need. They can handle it there at Advanced Family Dentistry. They can even take care of sleep apnea. Talk to them about that if you have that. They're located at 907 North Ankeny Boulevard in Ankeny, Iowa. And, hey, if you need a crown, they can actually get crowns made for you while you're there. You don't have to get a temporary and come back. They'll do it all in one setting. They do. That's that's what they're doing at Advanced Family Dentistry. 515-964-1490. 515-964-1490 or check them out anytime at AnkenySmiles.com. And you know what they say when you leave? May the floss be with you. Or say that to them. That way they know that you're listening to the show. Kenny Cole is listening. Uh, Logan Melcher is listening on Facebook. Tim Phillips, Gary, Dave Bailey, Richard Andrus, Jeff, and Gary again. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. We're going to head over to the phones. Uh, first up is Steve. Steve, good morning. How you doing, buddy? Steve, are you there? I'm here. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You want to play a little trivia? Please. All right. Uh, here's what we got today. Andrew, uh, the rules. What's the rules, Andrew? Well, the rules are as follows. You have three trivia prizes. Yeah. And, of course, throughout the week, you, we've been giving you the prizes of what you can win and yeah. so forth. Steve, and, did you know that? You could listen during the week and know what the prizes were ahead of time? Uh. I didn't know that. Well, see now, see Steve knows those. We're educating now. You know, yeah. And of course, you you get the first pick of three prizes, and yeah. then caller two gets this gets the second pick of the two prizes remaining, and the third caller gets the well, third remaining. Andrew, thank you for telling me how that goes. I, I, pre- I, to do that, I, I appreciate that. Steve, here's what we got today. We got a cookies grill pack. We got a work sharp sharpener and a big old block a block of Arctic ice. What would you you know what Arctic ice is? No. 
Arctic ice is actually, it's a big plastic block that's got some special chemicals in there uh, that you don't actually need to buy ice anymore. If you put a couple of those in your cooler froze, if you've got a uh, like a Rotomoldo cooler, like a Grizzly or a Yeti or something like that, those Arctic ice are actually good for three to five days and they'll keep stuff almost froze. I mean, very, very cold to froze. Uh, if you go with the Tundra series, um, it will actually keep it froze almost down to almost dry ice temperatures. It's amazing stuff. I'll, I'll take that, by golly. You want to go over that? Yeah. All right. Well, I tell you what. You want a hunting or a fishing question? Fishing. If I'm fishing, what am I using mostly, a bait caster or a spinning reel, Steve? Spinning. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. You got it, man. Hey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna call you back to get your information after the show. So make sure you answer the phone when Andrew calls you back. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Steve. Thanks for listening, buddy. We appreciate you. Bye. All right, there you go. All right, next up, I believe, is Tony. Let's go say hi to Tony and see what he is up to. Tony, good morning. How are you? How you doing? Tony, I've got a uh, work sharp sharpener or cookies grill pack, bud. Sharpener. You want a hunting or a fishing question? Honey. Uh, what type of the, which one of these birds is not legal to shoot in Iowa? A crow, a dove, or a pelican? Pelican. Ding, ding, ding. You got a sharpener, Tony. Thank you, buddy. Okay, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I don't know if I could have made that any easier. Uh, did we got, we got another, uh, we got another person there, Andrew? Not just no, yet. So all right. Lines are open. 244-1350, 244-1350. If you want to call in, we'll get you on right away. I want to thank uh, oh, Lori Welch is watching us, our, our great receptionist here at Des Moines Radio Group. Thanks, Lori. We appreciate that. Jeremy McCarty, the Turkey Reapers watching. Ter Good to see you, Jeremy. Rick Johnson, Aaron. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out on Facebook. I want to see if I can get this last winner in here real quick. If Andrew gets me on. Uh, can't do it? Okay. All right. All right. Well, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll just save that for next time, man. What a great show. I uh, really appreciated Denny Brower for tuning in. And we, I, like I said, I, I definitely picked up some great fishing tips. I hope you did as well. Next week, we'll try and do it again for you. And, uh, if you need to get a hold of me, just please go to, uh, outdoorsdan.com. I've got links for the radio podcast. I've got links for the TV show. Uh, links for the live stream here that we're doing on Facebook. So all that's right there for you. And my email is also right there. If you got something going on in your neck of the woods, uh, you know, just shoot me an email and I promise I will get back to you. And, uh, Hey, you know what? Uh, please remember to say a prayer and keep Larry Anderson in your thoughts. Well, you our local wildlife artist, my buddy, he needs, uh, we need to make sure we keep praying for Larry and his family. That's going to wrap it up for Andrew and I. We'll be back again next week. God bless you, and keep it here on 1350 ESPN.